call attention, ladies and gentlemen. We're now arriving in Detroit. Once again, this is Detroit Woodward Street Station. And thank you for riding Amtrak. Cheers. 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 So, yeah. Nice to meet Cheers. you. Cheers. Nice to meet you too. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to roll right into it. Yeah, sounds cool? good. Okay. So welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap-Up. Uh, we are continuing in Detroit from the last podcast that we have been recording. And today I have a great guest with me and glad you can introduce yourself. Thanks. I'm Olga Stella. I'm the Executive Director of Design Corps Detroit and a Vice President for Strategy and Communications at the College for Creative Studies. Nice. Nice. Quite, quite a range of titles there yeah. for you. Yeah. It's like two, <laughs> two jobs, one woman. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, how long have you been with uh, Design Corps? Uh, five years now. It'll be five years in January. Okay. And I started my new role at the college um, at the end of September. So it's been about a month. And nice. Uh, but Design Corps has been part of the college for 10 years, so it's okay. a, real, a very natural progression. Is that, is that the birthplace of Design Corps? How did, how, did, how did Design Corps start? Yeah, so the College for Creative Studies and Business Leaders from Michigan uh, founded Design Corps together 10 years ago. Um, and it was part of an economic development strategy um, that business leaders had called uh, the Road to Renaissance and a really a recognition of Detroit's creative economy and how important it was. And so Design Corps was founded as a business accelerator to support creative businesses um, 10 years ago. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. And then you joined five years ago. How, yeah. how has the progression kind of changed since you started and since it actually originated? Yeah, no, it's been great. So when we started, you know, there there were... Detroit's entrepreneurial energy was just getting started, you know, 10 years ago, and which is crazy to think about given how far it's come in those 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so there, so we were kind of, you know, new, trying to figure it out like everybody else in terms of how to really help support creative entrepreneurs in Detroit. When I arrived, we already had a really wonderful base to work from. We had been doing a design festival for many years mm-hmm. and had a big audience. Um, we had um, experimented with a number of different ways of serving uh, small creative businesses. Um, and most exciting, right when I joined, uh, Detroit was awarded a UNESCO City of Design designation. Yeah, yeah. So it was like this amazing gift yeah. right when I started yeah. to get to be the only one in the United States with this designation. So what we've done with the, the team um, since 2016 has been to really try to figure out how to um, you know, bring greater alignment across the different things that we've, that we've been working on mm-hmm. and to really use that UNESCO designation to help um, drive growth in Detroit's design community, but also to make an impact in the city itself. And mm-hmm. so these last five years, you know, we spent you know, the first 18 months or so, two years, I think really strategizing, figuring out exactly um, you know, what we were gonna do and how we were gonna do it and how things needed to change. We actually renamed the organization. It was originally Detroit Creative Corridor Center. Okay. Um, and so in 2018, <laughs> you know, we went through a name change. And, so that's and when it changed to Design Corps? That's when it changed to Design Corps, yeah. Ah, it was okay. gotcha. uh, DC3 before that. Ah, okay. Uh, and okay. it's just, you know, acronyms are hard and yeah. we had evolved from, from the, you know, uh, initial founding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and our festival, our design festival, um, had been mostly about a week long in years past. You mm-hmm. know, four days here, five days a week. Um, and really, once we got the designation, and there was so much energy and enthusiasm around design, 
we were finding our partners, others were, were there's a lot of other activities that are starting to get built into September, yeah. which is when we have our annual design festival. Yep. So um, in 2018, we just decided to claim the month of September as Detroit Month of Design. Yeah. And um, and have been doing that now for several years. Yeah, so that's great. It's been yeah, ex- I, super exciting. I know you, you packed a lot into that one there. I wanted to, can you explain a little bit more about the UNESCO um, designation and how Detroit is the location now? But I, I'm, I, excuse me, I guess I'm just curious. Is that every year? Is it renewed? Is there a different city every year, or is it one that's like a lifetime? Yeah, uh, it could be a lifetime. Okay, we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> it's definitely ten years as long okay. as we continue to participate. Gotcha. Um, and we're so we're in year five now. Um, and if you go to our website, there is a section on the website that has our action plan. It has all of our city of design partners. There's 60 organizations in Detroit who are all helping to support the designation. Nice. Um, I would say the big idea behind the designation, there's kind of two things that come with it. One is we get access to the network of design cities around the world that are also gone through the same process. And it's a wonderful learning community, learning and sharing community. We've had the opportunity to send designers from Detroit to participate in their festivals and competitions and oh, exhibitions. Nice. We've hosted um, designers from other places here. So that it's a really authentic learning. It's international. It's an international, international. designation. Okay, gotcha. Um, spanning South America, Africa, Europe, um, Montreal, uh, Mexico City, mm-hmm. um, Puebla, and Puebla, Mexico, and Kitaro, Mexico are all North American design cities. Gotcha. But we continue to be the only one in the United States. Um, <laughs> primarily because the, the U.S. isn't part of UNESCO any longer. And gotcha. so until we join again, we won't be, um, they won't be taking applications for American cities. So we're going we're gonna to keep our title for a yeah. while. Yeah. So um, this is year five. Yeah, this is year and five. And then, excuse me, exclusive, in, in, inclusive and diversity is this year's? Does it change the theme or so, how does that work? So that was a big part of what happened in okay. um, 2017 and 18. After we got the designation, we did a very um, intensive stakeholder and public engagement process with a thousand mm-hmm. people participating. And what we landed on is like our big idea, the big goal, the vision that we were driving towards was that Detroit should become the center for inclusive design practices going forward. So we wanted you know, people to know Detroit as the place where you know we're making inclusive design happen yeah. and, and developing the designers who can do that and showing the projects that can do that. So in- inclusivity and diversity will continue to be kind of themes that weave throughout mm-hmm. um, uh, because it's, it's Detroit and it's what matters you mm-hmm. know here yeah. and I think it's something that is unique that we can offer the rest of the world. And so our partners are all working on projects that either are helping to develop um, diverse talent pipelines, support small businesses. Uh, in Detroit, most of our design businesses are pretty small, fewer mm-hmm. than five employees, um, or um, demonstrating why inclusive design matters in, in real projects. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. That, that's a lot. That's a it huge, is a lot. That's a huge uh, task huge uh, thing to, to take on for sure. Yeah. And it's been, I mean, it's been hard cause it's, um, it's really, it's exciting and it's a noble aspiration, yeah. you know, all, all of that. Um, those are the words I was looking for. Yeah. Noble aspiration. It, it is, is, you know, <laughs> but it's hard to, um, you got like, what we recognize is that everybody's also working on their like everyday work too. Yeah. yeah. And, um, 
part of what we're always trying to figure out is how can the things that we're doing at Design Corps, like the festival or the ways that we're supporting design businesses, we're constantly looking for those connections back to the aspiration and back to the strategies that were in the action plan mm -hmm. so that it can be meaningful for our partners. We can't, we're not asking any of our partners to do, you know, to do projects or do city design work like as an extra project. Mm -hmm. If And where we're finding success is in the places where it is really important to their own mission or to mm -hmm. their own goals and aspirations. And so we're united in that way. And so I, yeah. I'm excited. Next year, the National Organization of Minority Architects is going to host their um, their annual conference in Detroit. Oh, fantastic. And I think it's the 50th annual. And, um, and will, so will that fall in September as well? It's going to take place, I think, in, in October. Oh, okay. But there's definitely some ways that we can we can partner with them. Yeah. And they've been uh, longstanding partners in the city of design work anyway. Mm -hmm. And so there's just some natural ways where we can partner together. And, you know, so that's, that's, that's what awesome. we're always looking for, those intersections. Yeah. Um, and how did September go this year now with uh, COVID and everything? It was great. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so weird to even say that um, <laughs> because I think in April, I don't think we knew what to expect. Um, and I think, you know, for all of us, as we've gone through this um, pandemic time, um, it's hard to set expectations because it's just so, un you just don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but what was so exciting about it was um, just the, the outpouring of interest from the design community. Yeah. Normally, we do a lot of events ourselves. We have a big Eastern Market event and a lot of like kind of community experiences that that design corporates on. And we didn't do any of those this year. Gotcha. But nevertheless, it was our biggest year in terms of, of events um, and experiences, our biggest year in terms of exhibitions. Wow. Um, you know, this exhibition was was yeah. one of the um, the ones. Um, yeah. Big, you know, on sorry the, not to cut you off. Big shout out to Washington Projects again and Allison and the team over here. We are in their never normal uh, exhi exhibit right now. Uh, it will be up until December. This will probably come out in mid-December, so um, definitely check up our website and also the Wasserman Projects to see more work here. So, sorry, I just had to. No, I love. I'm so out. glad you plugged it, <laughs> and and because I mean, I love what Wasserman Projects and the designers who worked with them on this Never Normal exhibition did. I, you know, they their opening night was a virtual opening night. Mm -hmm. And so just the ingenuity, and it was one of the best events I've ever been to. Yeah. I love, made me so happy to participate yeah. that night because what the pandemic forced us all to do, not just Design Corps, but all of our partners doing wonderful mm -hmm. events and exhibitions and experiences was to really, um, to be innovative, to pivot, yep. to, to figure out, you know, how are we going to engage people in a way that is relevant where yeah. everybody's under so much stress in their lives. Why should a month of design matter? And I think what was was so gratifying was just the outpouring of interest, of mm -hmm. attendance. Um, it really did matter. It mattered to a lot yeah. of people. And it just it just energized us to think about next year in yeah. different ways. Yeah, and that, that presentation, I thought it was cool to see the, uh, you get a lot of backstory. You were able to see into the studios a lot, which was great. And we'll obviously put the uh, presentation on the website as well. But it was really interesting to see the process, not only the process, but um, I mean, you saw into different people's homes, you saw into yeah. their studios, which I really think gives a lot of color to who an individual is, for sure. Yeah, and you don't get that in a cocktail party, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, you get a different kind of energy, but yeah. you, we still had that camaraderie, and then yeah. you got that 
yeah. that layer. We um, we do have an on-demand section of our website now. So all the oh, cool. digital content from Month of Design, we're still adding things as partners send them to us. Yeah. But people will be able to, to keep accessing yeah. the content from September. And that that's been a big uh, aspiration of ours, too, is to yeah. have month of design lasts beyond September and sure. to keep, you know, informing and engaging people mm-hmm. all year round. So do you, let's stay on content for a second. So do you then release those periodically or do you just like Netflix, like just push it all out? Right, right now they're just all on the website okay. and then <laughs> our, our team will, you know, maybe highlight different, um, gotcha. you know, different, uh, uh, events or, you yeah. know, exhibition, things like that, you know, based on different themes throughout the year. Yeah. And you guys have a podcast as well? We do. Okay. What's the name of that one? It's the Detroit City of Design podcast. Nice. And when did that start? So this is our second season. Okay. It started uh, last year. And um, we mostly release the episodes in the summertime. So, okay. you know, sometime between April and June, um, leading up to month of design in September. Ah, gotcha. Nice. Nice. And are you, is your team putting out more content now in the winter? Or like, what is the... Are you guys just back to the drawing boards? Because I feel like everybody is back to the drawing board just waiting for January for Q1 of 2021 to see yeah. what to do. Well, right now we're working on a series of um, Instagram videos. So oh, cool. so we started this year. This is one of our pandemic pivots, as, as I imagine people will be calling them. Um, <laughs> we we like never that. really done a lot of um, IGTV videos before. Okay. And so um, we started in April putting together a lot more IGTV content. Again, relying on our partners in the different UNESCO cities of design or our members. We have a business uh, network of small businesses throughout the city. There are members. And so um, now uh, later on in November and into December, we're working with local designers to give um, practical business advice to um, businesses and how to get through the winter and how to continue to adapt to these pandemic circumstances. So um, engaging audiences, making physical changes to your business, you know, that kind of thing. So short videos, 10, 15 minutes. We're finding that that's... um, Great for, you know, it's just enough for people yeah. to, yeah. to kind of grasp Well, everybody's too. pretty fitted electronically. Yeah. And you said you took on uh, knitting recently. How did yeah. that go? <laughs> I'm still <laughs> learning how to knit. Uh- <laughs> to take it back analog real quick. I, I, would, I would call it neutral. It's very neutral. We've had some successes and failures and the jury's out. We'll see. <laughs> the next time we see each other, Felix, if I've got uh, burgundy hand warmers, yeah, right. then you will know I have succeeded. <laughs> I know. It, it's, uh, it's interesting to do things like that to just get your mind into doing something else. Like, yeah. It's so funny. Oh, my gosh. We have to. We have to. We, uh, between the baking and, yeah. yeah. So, so the knitting was my daughter's idea, and we're, we're going to keep trying. <laughs> Um, so talk about Detroit, like on a national stage. I know that, um, like the, obviously the month of design is great. I know that, uh, the Detroit homecoming brings a lot of people back to Detroit as well. Um, what do you think Detroit or how do you think Detroit is like on a national level? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that, I don't think we talked about this before the, um, before we sat down, but my job for a long time before I came to design core, um, was in economic development in Detroit. So okay. I did, um, I led business attraction and retention for the city for many years and um, have been involved in kind of thinking about how to position Detroit nationally and globally for investment oh, um, nice. for most of my career. Um, and, I, you know, I think as especially um, these days, you know, D- Detroit's, um, I think, reputation is, you know, we, we're, we, we're 
I think beyond just we're just past the whole um, uh, kind of morbid curiosity. Like if you've been asking me this maybe ten years ago, yeah. you know the kinds of questions and the kinds of interviews we were doing with national journalists or firm, you know, sure, national sure, think tank sure, leaders. Sure. There was one point <laughs> I felt like all all that was happening was that folks from New York and D.C. were coming to like like examine us, you know. <laughs> All the time, and I'm it, just curious. Yeah, yeah, they were just you know like trying to understand, and uh, and we kept just saying like we're you know this is a resilient city of people who are figuring out every day and really don't expect help from anybody, yeah. and are are just just trying to figure out how to have a good life here and how to get yeah. past some of these challenges that have that have plagued us for years. Um, and I think we're past that. Like you know, it's it's it, it is actually really like. It's a little sad for me that what it took was to have a great restaurant scene sure. to get past that. But okay. that that appears to be what some of these, you know, what's what outsiders sometimes how they judge your city is on your restaurant scene. Yeah. So we still have a great restaurant scene, pandemic yeah. or now. Right. Um, and our restaurateurs are figuring out some <clears throat> innovative ways to respond to the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. And my stomach is too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like, oh, go ahead. But, um, but I think up. the thing that is really exciting for me about what's the conversation in Detroit right now is that um, lots of leaders in Detroit, whether they're community leaders or leaders in city government or philanthropy, the pandemic has really laid bare um, the inequities in the city mm -hmm. and in the region, the inequities um, around education, around health care, around housing, you know, around uh, workforce, you know, opportunity. These, you know, we've talked about these inequities for many years. I was involved in the Detroit Future City Framework you know, 10 years ago mm -hmm. um, and helping to develop that. We talked about those inequities there, but like this pandemic has laid that bare. Oh, absolutely. And um, there's so much energy at a grassroots level, uh, you know, uh, and, and bubbling up um, to, to try to attack those inequities head on. And I think that's, that's where um, Detroit, I think, will continue to distinguish itself amongst um, American cities um, is in you know, facing these inequities head on. I don't think we have all the answers and we're definitely far sure. from solving it all. But, yeah. um, but that kind of energy is what actually gets me very excited about the future and about, you know, helping to support and playing some small role in that mm -hmm. because there's some really amazing leadership in the city that are, um, you know, they're, they're living, breathing, you know, every single day trying to figure this stuff out. And, yeah. I think that's, I think that's going to be the kind of the story of resilience that comes comes out about Detroit, mm -hmm. um, you know, as we go forward. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting about the how you were saying there were other cities that were curious about Detroit, like whether it would be New York or I know when we had the uh, the movie tax credit too, like mm -hmm. that brought a lot of interest to it, a lot of eyes. Um, what do you do you see those people now moving here did you see them move here more businesses come here yeah, throughout think, that time i think so i think that people yes people definitely you know we had the whole brooklyn wave and yeah. we've definitely um we always do well with people who have some kind of a prior connection sure. right to yeah. to home i think that's yeah, the, been the success yeah. of detroit homecoming and what yeah. cranes has done with that is reintroducing people's hometown back to them mm -hmm. um and I think, um, I think for the people who 
find success in Detroit, who come here from the coast or somewhere else, you know, they see Detroit for what it is um, and not for what they wish it would be. And and I think the people who are most successful here in bringing their business or establishing their life, they they are willing to um, they're willing to 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 join in as opposed to like trample in, you know, to be invited in to figure out what they're, how to participate and what's needed. Um, I think we're a little bit past, you know, there was a period where everybody had a new idea for a new nonprofit, new way that they were going (laughs) to save Detroit. And I think, I think we're a little bit past the kind of the savior thing that was going on for a while. Um, um, And, and so, yeah, I mean, especially now, you know, I, I think it's this pandemic has proven you can really live anywhere um, and mm. do your job. And yeah. and so I actually think that, you know, given there's so much, so many good things about being in Detroit that um, we might see more people either coming home or coming here because they're curious yeah. and staying here because they love the people, they love the culture that's here and mm-hmm. wanting to be part of something that's really real yeah. um, and meaningful. Yeah, and when you talk about the demographics of uh, College for Creative Studies, um, for actually, can you tell people, for people who don't know, that is a general design school it's with a, a specific, specific, excuse me, specialization in, what would you so say? It's, so it's an art and design school. Mm-hmm. It's a private art and design school um, that covers really all the disciplines from, right. you know, our practice, you know, painting, sculpture, and other mm. visual arts, um, craft, and then all the yeah. disciplines of design. And we also have four graduate programs as well. Yeah, I was just curious about how, like, what what would you say, maybe you know, the demographic of students that are transplants from other areas yeah. than Detroit? Yeah. Or, so or the surrounding area? About, so about um, 70% or so of our students are, you know, I'm, I'm, might get the numbers off a little bit, but like 60 to 70% are from Michigan. Okay. Um, and then we have a very healthy international uh, student base. And then, and then about, so about the other 30% are either international or coming from around the country. Gotcha. So, and those numbers are, are relatively rough. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, no, it's just interesting to see, you know, that's where people stay. If they go to school there, yeah. their network is there. I mean, that's huge to... To, to stay in the city that happens like that for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. and and I think we're we're going to be doing more and more to really connect um, kind of what happens within the walls of CCS to the community. I we just celebrated 20 years of our community arts partnership program oh, wow. which has been teaching it's like one of the best kept secrets of CCS. They've they've been working with um, Detroit um, school children for the last 20 years mm-hmm. um, teaching art and design in schools. Um, and you know all of the kind of creative youth development that goes along with it, and just Very some cool. really wonderful work. So there's CCS has a lot of connections in the community. Um, in addition to Design Corps and and CAP, and you know I think what, what we're hoping is just to keep keep having that stuff kind of rise up to the surface for yeah. people to know about it. Yeah. Are there a lot of other like initiatives, like larger initiatives, like the auto show or things like that that attract a lot of people to the city? Yeah, I mean, so the I think um, with the changes happening to the auto show, yeah. and, uh, next year it'll be in September, but it's supposed to be in June going forward. But we skipped it the whole year. The we whole skipped thing. it this year. Yeah, yeah. The whole, yeah okay. we skipped it this year. I mean, because, you know, pandemic, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so next year they're trying they're trying to be safe and moving it to September. Um, yeah, you know, I think the our music festivals, 
I think so many people know Detroit for its music, whether it's, yeah. you know, it's techno. I mean, they're really the birthplace of techno. Sure. And then the jazz festival. I think those are really important anchors to our summer. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one, the techno festival start, you know, Detroit movement. Oh, yeah opens up the summer Memorial day and jazz festival closes it out. Right. (laughs) Um, you know, so I think those are really huge Mm -hmm. drivers. Our cultural institutions also, I mean, I think with the changes happening at the Motel Museum, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of the new leadership, both at the Detroit science center and the Charles H. Wright, you know, just the continued, you know, excellence of the Institute of arts and, and historical site. I mean, those are all, you know, building, helping to build, um, you know, the narrative of Detroit and are themselves changing in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think the more that we continue to build out our greenways and the riverfront access, yeah. um, I think, you know, when people come here, you know, they want to walk around, they want to see things. Absolutely. And that I'm so excited as we go forward um, about the city's plans for the Joe Lewis Greenway, which gotcha. will be a 30 mile loop. Uh, connecting the riverfront into an inner inner uh, circle greenway that'll that'll go throughout the city. Oh wow! Um, and I think there's just such a huge opportunity to connect a lot of neighborhoods that way to the river, mm-hmm. but also to connect our visitors into neighborhoods. Yeah. And um, is that an existing pathway, or is it? It's, uh, it's a kind of a rail to trails project, okay. and so yeah. they they haven't started constructing it yet sure. it's they've been doing they were doing all the community planning and the community engagement work and it's been under planning for for a while but the pieces are all there mm-hmm. um and you know i i continue to just be excited that um there's so much leadership and energy around public spaces and yeah. accessible public spaces um whether it's eastern market i mean you think about it like there's a bunch of places that mean a lot to just everyday Detroiters. Mm-hmm. And those are the places that our visitors find to be wonderful and exciting mm-hmm. and meaningful too. And so, yeah. um, you know, so I think beyond the big events, it's sure. it's the strengthening of those kinds of places. The foundation that, of it, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so speaking on the developments, um, can you mention that one more time you said the the pathway? It's called the Joe Lewis Greenway. The Joe Lewis Greenway. And is it starting by the old Joe Lewis? No, or I. Does it have anything to do with the old Joe Lewis? No, they Arena? just named it after Joe Lewis. Oh, okay, gotcha. To, to you know, to a great Detroit icon, right? Yeah, right, and right. Civil rights figure. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I just didn't know if they were naming it after the uh, the old. Uh, yeah. No. Arena. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, any other ev- developments? Like I know the uh, corridor. Excuse me. The um, the quarter cut. Co- the quinter cut actually is pretty successful as oh, well. Oh yeah. And, I know things like that have been really, to your point, just driving home a lot of uh, retention in the in the city. Yeah, I sure. mean, I think it looks like they're moving forward. Um, so the um, the one of the last pieces of the riverfront development is the Rolf C. Wilson Jr. Centennial Park. Okay. Um, and so there, I think that looks like they're finalizing all the funding and everything for that, and that that's going to be a massive new riverfront park. I mean, definitely on the scale of like Millennium Park. In, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, so that'll, that'll be a pretty sizable development. Yeah. And it, and it also looks like, you know, I'm not in the real estate game yeah. these days, you know, <laughs> like I, like I was once upon a time, but, um, but you know, projects are happening. One of our city design partners, George and Namdi broke ground on a new housing development in the Woodbridge uh, neighborhood just last month. Nice. And small projects are still, you know, moving forward in this, this new environment. And mm-hmm. I, and I think, you know, right now, um, 
I think what's important is, is the small projects, the infill projects, the, the rehabilitation projects, you know, of existing mm -hmm. buildings. Um, those kinds of pieces are filling in the gaps. And while we love to see big, you know, the bigger projects move forward too, yeah. and I'm, I know that they will. Yeah. Sometimes they're just harder and more complicated. Mm -hmm. and a lot of moving pieces. Right. It's a lot yeah. of moving pieces. And it's, it's good to have the little one, the smaller projects, you know, keep, keep the momentum going, mm -hmm. um, you know, while, while things settle out from the pandemic. Yeah. And you mentioned Chicago. Do you get out to Chicago quite often? Or yeah, I mean, we pre-pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've yeah. got family and friends, and it's cool. a great city. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Any other travel pre-pandemic that you're looking forward to doing after? Oh, pandemic? after. Oh, we were just talking about <laughs> trying to get out to New York. My husband would love to get out there and just kind of see what New York looks like empty. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't think we're going to be going there uh, yeah. until <laughs> until things calm down a lot uh, yeah. next year. Um, and, in, and go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. I no, mean, I was just going to say when you, when you like look at other cities and look at other cities' festivals, do you like what what do you take note of? Is it Art Basel down in Miami, or is it more of like the conventions South by Southwest, or I guess what what would be the framework <coughs> that you would say you would base it off of? Yeah, so we uh, so <clears throat> we do a lot of benchmarking against other UNESCO cities of design too, because we yeah. have such a close relationship with them. Um, especially ones that are really thinking about their festivals as a way to support their independent designers and their small businesses. So Kiana Wenzel on our team is our, the leader of our, um, that programming, the, gotcha. our, we call it culture and community. Um, and so she, I know she's been looking at, uh, Toronto and networking yeah. with the folks in Boston and their design festival and LA has, we've talked to the mm -hmm. folks in LA for a long time. And then, of course, our friends in, in um, the UNESCO network. And so we're, we're trying to find those tangible ways that, um, that we can really help independent designers and small businesses get their name out. And I think the, the best example, we we're so excited this last year, we um, implemented a program called Design in the City, and we adopted it from uh, Graz, Austria, who's been doing a similar program for many years using storefront windows to showcase designers in um, retail spaces oh, all throughout cool. their yeah. city. And so this year, Gucci uh, funded a, a pilot version of that for us, and we were able to showcase seven um, women and minority um, fashion designers, fashion accessory designers. Yeah. And it was unbelievably successful in terms of the follow-on kind of yeah. publicity and press that the designers got. Yeah. And that so that's that's what we're looking for when we're benchmarking. It's it's less about like the size of the crowds and how sure. fancy the art is. Like Detroit is not about fancy. Yeah. It's about um, you know, does it mean something? Does it mean something to the world? Yeah. And and so th that was, those are the kinds of projects that we're looking for that we're mm -hmm. trying to model. And I think as we think about next year. And we think about um, just, you know, this, the pandemic is going to teach us a lot, not just for pandemic times, but also after. Mm -hmm. um, we want to integrate more um, technology, um, you know, and more, um, more, more kind of digital tools into the festival and, and to keep thinking about how we expand the festival's impact on, on independent designers. Gotcha. Yeah. We, uh, in September, when that was when we recorded uh, our previous podcast, mm -hmm. and we were at the uh, Cass Avenue location of Rework, and uh, Donovan Dewberry, Dewberry. Dewberry had his 
fabulous textiles and garments there. And uh, yeah. he was really nice to meet him as well because he was working on it. He seemed a little stressed because he was trying to get it up, but uh, it was it was good for sure. Yeah, he's yeah, going to do another project with us too. Oh, um, really? Nice. Following on to that, the Bedrock Real Estate Company downtown. Okay. Um, Working with us has commissioned him to do a storefront window, like a holiday window activation. Oh, very nice. So very nice. Don, you'll stay tuned. You'll see some more stay amazing tuned. work from Thank Donovan. You. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Bedrock has a, obviously a plethora of companies. They're pretty active in everything you guys do. I'm, I'm sure a strong partner. Yeah, their um, their chief um, design officer Melissa Dittmer is yeah. such a supporter of design in Detroit, and yeah. so um, they've really tried to tie their real estate strategy to um, you know to design in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. So um, so they've been a great partner to work with, and they're part of the the Quicken um, Loans family of companies, and we've we've received support through yeah. the um, their community fund as well, which has yeah. been great. Yeah, I'm hoping to reach out to Melissa and get her on here as well. To, oh yeah, to, she's, to pick her she's brain. wonderful. She's yeah. wonderful and wonderful history <laughs> in Detroit. So. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah. And any anything in the future, I guess, in 2021, like I said, it's probably going to come out in December. Um, anything we should be aware of, of moving forward? You know, I would say just keep uh, keep your eye on us. You know, we're I think if this pandemic year showed us anything is that Detroit designers are resilient. Mm-hmm. They're doing great work. Um, yeah. And we're just we're excited about continuing to find, you know, new and better ways to help support their growth. Um, and we're really excited. You know, the fact that we were able to um, have such a successful design festival in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, just we're just really excited about, you know, some of the new ideas that we have for 2021. So that's great. Just follow us, you know, yeah. on Instagram yeah, and you, Twitter yeah, yeah. and, you know, all of it. At, yeah. It's at Design Core D-E-T. And um, you can sign up on our, for our mailing list on our website, too. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you again. And uh, another cheers, uh, socially distanced. And I appreciate it. And Thanks for having me. Yeah. Talk soon.